0: humans welcome to episode 3 of are you happy this episode is going to focus on chapter 3 in a book titled remade for happiness which was written by Fulton Sheen and published by Ignatius Press this chapter starts off with Fulton Sheen recapping what we've covered in the last two chapters he says we've answered two very important questions the first one is why were you made why does humanity exist and the second is, what is God like? Right? So the first chapter talked about why humans exist. The second chapter talked about what God is like. This chapter, number three, is going to answer the question, what are you like? So you as an individual and humanity in general, what are we like? He says, if we really look inside ourselves, we find that we are a bundle of contradictions. And there is often a disparity or a disconnect between what we ought to do and what we actually do. In other words, we know or want better, but we choose the lesser anyway. So we'll see a better option of something that we should be doing, but more often than not, we choose the lesser option anyway, in spite of that fact. Romans chapter 7, verse 19 Paul bemoans this fact when he says for the good which I will I do not but the evil which I will not that I do he's talking about the same exact problem I know there is a right thing that I should ought to be doing right now but I do the wrong anyway I do that what I that which I do not want to do I do it anyway Sheen explains this is a feeling of division against ourselves because we often choose to do what we like rather than what is good for us, and we feel worse because of it. This is what we we often end up feeling, is that we are divided within ourselves. We choose the thing that we like, or that is convenient, instead of what we know is good for us. And then when we choose that convenient thing, we feel worse because of it. And he then says, somehow, within you, there is a kink. There is a twist. There is a bend. Your human nature, he says, is disorganized. He also says your soul is like a battlefield in a civil war between your mind and your body. So your mind says one thing, right? And your body says another. And they're warring against each other. They very infrequently agree with each other. He then quotes a poem. Written by Edward Sanford Martin. It goes like this. Within my earthly temple there's a crowd. There's one of us that's humble, one that's proud. There's one that's broken-hearted for his sins, and one who unrepentant sits and grins. There's one who loves his neighbor as himself, his uh, himself, sorry. There's one who loves his neighbor as himself, and one who cares for naught but fame and pelf. From much Carotting care, I should be free. if once I could determine which is me. So the point of that poem is talking about that war that's going on between us. Half of me is proud, the other half is humble. Half of me is broken-hearted for the sins I commit. The other half doesn't care. Unrepentant sits and grins. Half of me loves my neighbor as myself, the other half of me doesn't care about my neighbor. All I care about is the fame or the wealth that I can get from it, right? And from much corroding care, I should be free. If once I could determine which is me. So the main question here is which one of these is the real me? It's like there's two people fighting against each other here. Which one of them is me? Which one of them is the real me? Sheen goes on to explain this as, there are four explanations, right? Four explanations that you will often see for this problem. The first one is a psychological explanation. You'll often hear this one to explain why, why are there two, why is it like there's two people inside you? Why are they fighting against each other? How can you figure out which one of them is the, the, the real you? The first explanation is the psychological explanation. And it attributes this inner tension to something unique to you as an individual. For example, it could be your erotic impulses. This is Sheen saying, giving this example. It could be your erotic impulses. Perhaps you were scared by a mouse in a dark closet during a thunderstorm while reading a book on sex. Why you would be sitting in a closet during a thunderstorm reading a book on sex, I don't know. But the point is, it's, it sounds ridiculous because it's supposed to be. And what I think he's referencing here is Freud. A lot of people will minimalize Freud as saying, everything goes back to sex. There's some kind of sexual tension going on inside you, and, and, and that's what causes you to be the way you are. Well, that's oversimplified. Sheen says, this can't be it. Because your experiences aren't that unique. Everyone has experienced the same kind of tension. So it can't be some unique experience because of your own desires or your own history or whatever. It's not that unique. All of us experience this kind of tension. So Sheen says that can't be the answer. Second explanation is the biological explanation. And this one attributes the kink in your nature to some defect of evolution, right? Perhaps you are just not as evolved as you could or should be. Maybe you are just of a lesser rung on the evolutionary ladder. Like you just, you just didn't reach high enough. Maybe that's why you're divided in, within yourself. But Sheen says "No, evil is not due to the animal in you. Why? Because your nature is different from other animals. So we can't say, well, you're just not fully human yet. You're, you're still too much of an animal. He says, no, that can't be it. Because your nature is different from other animals. He then goes on to explain how animals can't sin. Why? Because they can't go against their nature. They must follow their instincts. Humans can sin because they can do what they know is wrong and bad for them. Animals don't do that. Other animals don't do that. They just follow instinct. They do what their instincts tell them. They don't see the right option and choose the wrong one anyway. Okay. Sometimes, back up, if an animal senses danger, for example, it runs away or it fights, right? An animal's going to follow its instincts. If it sees food and it's hungry, it's going to eat the food. It's not going to stop and think about how many calories are in this. Is this good for me? Uh, When's the last time I ate? If it's hungry and it sees food, it's going to eat the food. If it sees danger, it's going to run away from it or it's going to fight it. But sometimes humans will sense danger and they continue on toward it anyway. Thinking, oh, I know what I'm doing. Everything will be fine. An example could be storm chasers. They go out there for some kind of thrill. They go out in a hurricane or a tornado or something because it's thrilling for them. I've never seen a dog or a cat or any other kind of animal out in a hurricane trying to broadcast it to the news or saying, oh, it was so thrilling to be out there. No. If they sense danger, they get away from it. But humans will often think, oh, why get this under control? It's going to be fun. I know there's danger, but it'll be fun. And I'm fine. I know I should turn away from it, but I don't turn away from it. I go toward it anyway. Okay. So that's something uniquely human. That's not something other animals will do. Sheen then discusses how even though man does evil things against his nature, he never ceases to be human and have dignity. So even though we can sin, we can do things against our very nature, we can do things that we know are bad for us, that doesn't mean that we stop having dignity. It never takes away our dignity, simply because we're sinners. That's an important thing to remember. All right, then, quotes, uh, Sheen says, the divine image with which He was stamped, is never destroyed. It is merely defaced. The divine image with which he was stamped is never destroyed. It is merely defaced. So he's talking about humanity doing what they know is wrong. We were made in God's image. Remember? And that divine image is never taken away from us simply because we're sinners. On the other hand, it is defaced. Right. It's marred. It's covered over, but it's never completely taken away. And he continues to say, we did not evolve from the beast. We devolved to the beast. We did not rise from the animal. We fell to the animal. That is why, unless the soul is saved, nothing is saved. And this is the tragedy. This is the very tragedy of sin the fact that we are meant for better right we are meant to be the highest reasoning creature but we're often not so we have fallen from that high status okay we devolved to the beast we fell back to the animal nature that's what he's saying and that's why unless the soul is saved, then nothing is saved. That's why we are in need of salvation, because of this tragedy. Okay. Continuing on, the third false explanation for why, why we do the wrong we know is wrong attributes the divide in us to a lack of education. So, you do bad things because you're ignorant. You don't know any better. Sheen says, now, this is wrong... Because the educated are not all saints, and the ignorant are not all devils, right? You can find people who are highly educated who are not perfect. They don't always choose the right thing. Conversely, you can find people who are not very highly educated who always strive to do the right thing, who are always concerned with other people, who are not malicious and vicious. So obviously, it's not due to a lack of education. We're going to take a quick break right here. You get a message from my sponsor. And when I come back, we'll finish up these false explanations and close up the chapter. I'll be right back. All right, welcome back to the second half of this episode. Just finished up explaining the third false at the uh, third false explanation. That it's not due to a lack of education. There's important quotes that Fulton Sheen gives here. He says, Never before in the history of the world was there so much education, and never before was there so little coming to the knowledge of truth. So he's talking about the modern age. He's talking about after 1900, right? No time in history has there ever been so much education, so many people able to get higher education. And at the same time, never before, was there so little coming to the knowledge of truth. He continues on by saying, much of modern education is merely a rationalization of evil. It makes clever devils instead of stupid devils. The world is not in a muddle because of stupidity of the intellect, but because of per- Versity of the will we know enough it is our choices that are wrong so we have the knowledge right we have the education to know the difference between right and wrong we choose the wrong still anyway so it's not a lack of education finally the fourth false explanation says the issue is poverty People are evil because they're poor. This is false, again, because not all rich people are virtuous and not all poor people are vicious. So the same way with education. There are plenty of rich people who are very vicious. And there are plenty of poor people who do the best they can to be virtuous, to always do the right thing. So obviously, it's not just if you're poor, automatically you're evil. Okay. Sheen says, if poverty were the cause of evil... Why is it that juvenile delinquency increases in periods of prosperity? And why does religion prosper in the vow of poverty? So what he's talking about here is... Teenagers having lots of money, right? Lots of stuff that they don't really need. And they get into trouble more often when they have things that they don't need or they have too much money. But when a person takes a vow of poverty they only increase in goodness, in virtue. If poverty were the cause of evil, then riches should be the source of virtue. If that is so, why are not the wealthy the paragons of virtue? So if we could solve evil by everybody just having riches, why is it then there are so many rich people who are not virtuous? So obviously this this is not the answer it's not a lack of education it's not poverty it's not merely biological and it's not merely psychological okay so what is the answer then sheen says since evil is not a byproduct of some outside force but something happening within the heart of humans it must be that we are disobeying a law we should be following right Something has happened in our human nature at its origin to make all of us behave this way, right? It's not because of a lack of education. It's not because of a lack of riches. It's not it's merely biological. It's not merely psychological. It's a universal problem. Every human person experiences this. Therefore, something has to have happened to us at our origin to make us this way. Because no one's exempt from this problem. And it's not caused by some outside force. Furthermore, evil is often a choice. Because of this, it can't be that God designed us this way. It can't be something just innate in us. It can't be something that God has given us. Because it's a choice, and yet at the same time, it's a universal experience. So there has to be something wrong in our nature that God did not create. And there must be a law that we should be obeying, that we're not. Sheen then says, either God created you the way you are now, or else you have fallen from the state in which God created you. The very fact that you can know you are doing the evil you shouldn't do is evidence that you have fallen from where you should be. So you have two options here. He comes down to either it is that God made you that way or you have made yourself that way. God intended you one way. You, through a series of choices, have made yourself less than that. And he continues on, the very fact that you know you are doing an evil you shouldn't do is evidence enough that you have fallen from where you should be. God made us one way we made ourselves in virtue of our freedom another way so sheen goes into this long discussion of how evil is a choice and god has given you that choice god has given you free will you don't have to follow your nature you don't have to follow your instincts you can always choose to do the opposite God has given you that free choice. Sheen also says, You are not an animal that failed to evolve into a human. You are a human that rebelled against the divine. Just because you have sinned does not mean that you fail to be human or that you have not fully evolved. On the other hand, because you have free choice, if you do evil acts instead of good, It is because you have rebelled against the divine. You have chosen to make yourself this way. In summary, then, you have fallen and you can't get up. Sheen talks about some acts of disobedience can be remedied. Like, if I throw a stone through a window, I can remedy that. I can fix it. Some acts of disobedience can be remedied. I can put a new window in if I break it. But there are other kinds of disobedience that are irremediable. For example, drinking poison. If I drink the poison, I'm going to die. I can't just create a new body for myself. Therefore, evil is so universal in the world, it must be due to a disobedience of the second kind. One that's irremediable. And it affects us in our inmost nature. Somewhere, we have done something that we can't take back that's why we continue to struggle with this if it was something that i could remedy then i should be able to always choose the right thing i shouldn't have this problem where i see the right thing and i know it's good for me but i do the opposite i shouldn't have that problem if this was a something that could easily be fixed so the very fact that you can't fix this problem by yourself means that you have fallen and you can't get up and this is a roundabout way sheen says of saying that you need religion either god created you the way you are now or else you have fallen from the state in which god created you the facts he says support the second view the present tension and inner contradiction within us is due to some fault subsequent to the creation of human nature. This means after. So God created your human nature. You have chosen to put yourself in a state of sin. And you can't get back out of it. Therefore, he says, you need religion. You want healing, he continues on. You want healing. You need deliverance. You want liberation. You don't need a religion that gives you some pat answers, or what he calls pious platitudes, that just says, oh, well, be kind to others and they'll be kind to you. We know that's not always true. We know that there are lots of people that we are kind to or not kind to us. So we don't need a religion that's like that. We don't need a religion that gives us some simple answer that's obviously not satisfying and doesn't fix the problem. No, we need healing. We need deliverance. We need liberation. He says, you know very well that there are a thousand things in your life that you, thank God, have not been found out by man. Skeletons in your closet, right? You want to get rid of these things. You do not want a religion to cheer you up on the roadway of life, regardless of which road you take. So he's like, you know you've done wrong things. You know that you don't want people to know about these things. You want to get rid of them. And you don't need a religion that's just going to cheer you up on the roadway of life. Regardless of which road you take. Therefore, you need a religion that's based on truth and healing and deliverance. One that's going to pick you back up from where you have fallen. And raise you back to where you are supposed to be. So, again... As Sheen says, this is just a roundabout way of saying that you need religion. You need God. Okay? You have fallen from where you should be. And you know you have. You know you choose the wrong thing. Even when you clearly know that it is the wrong thing. And since everybody experiences this. And you can't solve it by throwing money at it. Or getting an education. Obviously, you need religion. You need something above education, above riches, outside of your nature. Okay? You can't just solve it by taking medication. You can't just solve it by educating yourself. You obviously need something else. And that something else is God. Okay. So that is the end of chapter 3. This book has a total of 14 chapters and this is just the foundation okay all i have covered in these three episodes is the foundation right are you really happy no you know that you could be happier so how are you gonna get that way you need god what is god like god's a father right he wants the best for you but god's not a dictator he's given you free choice Right. You are a human being that belongs on a higher level than you presently are located at. But you have your free will that God will not overstep. Okay. So the rest of this book is just expanding on that foundation. I'd highly encourage my listeners to get a copy of this book. I'm not going to go through every single chapter. Quite frankly, I think I might get in trouble with copyright laws if I were to do that. But... That's the basic thrust of this book, okay? We have dignity as human beings, but we, through our own choice, have fallen from where we should be. It doesn't mean we can't get back there, though. We can get back there, but only with God's help. The God who is Father. The God who loves us. The God who is deeply concerned with what happens in our lives and wants nothing but the best for us. I thank you very much for listening to this series. And I hope that you have a very, very blessed day.